I just remember saying, like, man, there has to be like a website you can go to where you can just download gospel tracks. And it's like, there's nobody that's doing it, you know? There was nobody, not the stuff that we were singing. What's going on, Loop Community? This is Jansen. And Derek, how's it going? And we have a great, great treat for you today. We are interviewing a John Williams and an Oscar Williams who aren't related, but spiritually they are brothers. <laughs> right. So, um, no, everybody knows John Williams as John Mike. Um, and kind of he runs our gospel division. And Oscar is the executive director of music at the Potter's House in Fort Worth, I believe. Yes, is that right? Fort Worth, Texas. Cool. So, um, Matt McCoy is going to be interviewing uh, John, and we'll talk a little about him, and then you'll also hear a little bit later that John kind of interviews Oscar, talks about everything that he's doing. Yeah, so double feature. At the Potter House, that's right. Uh, so let's go ahead and dive right in. Let's do it. All right, well, John Mike, welcome to the Loop Community Podcast. We're so glad to have you as a guest on this episode. John Mike, where are you from? I'm from Jackson, Tennessee, um, right down about 45 minutes or so from Memphis. Uh, so most of the time I just tell people I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, you know, that kind of thing. And is your name John Mike or is it, is that short for something else? Well, uh, Mike or Michael is actually my middle name. Uh, my real name is actually John Williams, but there's a famous composer named John Williams. And, uh, and I just started thinking about it, and um, it was like, okay, well, maybe if I just shorten it, just go John Mike, and it just kind of stuck, you know? Yeah, it's a good one. So so community members, for those of you listening, John Mike, um, he runs and oversees the gospel brand of Loop Community called Gospel Multitracks. You can find it at gospelmultitracks.com, facebook.com slash gospelmultitracks, and basically anything that you're looking for related to gospel music as far as running tracks and different... I mean, all sorts of stuff. You're doing tutorials on, you know, how to use music software, how to create your own tracks, how to, <laughs> I feel like you're, you're constantly doing some sort of video tutorial online. It's awesome. So if you're into that kind of stuff, I mean, you got to follow Gospel to Tracks um, and see what John Mike is doing. But we're just so like pumped with what John is doing with that brand and thought it'd be good to introduce you to him, get to know like who is the guy actually like running this brand and, uh, so, John, tell us a little bit about just, like, your personal, like, music history. Like, how did you even get started playing in the church? Well, uh, long history um, of, in terms of that. I've been playing and doing music for uh, well over 20, gosh, 23, somewhere between 23 and 25 years. I'm not sure exactly the age that I started, but it had to be somewhere around 9, 10, 11, somewhere around in there that I kind of picked it up and uh, started playing. Um, started uh, just regular piano lessons. Uh, I remember asking my mom to get me a piano for a keyboard for Christmas one year. And she gave me, got me the keyboard 
and I wanted to take lessons. I was like, well, I'm trying to learn myself. Can't really learn. Well, maybe I need to take lessons. So I took, asked her to put me in lessons. And she put me uh, just in regular piano lessons. And the teacher that uh, I had, when I had the first lesson, he automatically said, yo, this guy, this kid's got something. I mean, I learned like three like full song. I mean, I'm not even talking about like Mary had a little lamb, twinkle, twinkle, little star. I'm talking like full gospel songs, like chords, changes, everything in like 30 minutes. I just like was like a space. I was like a sponge. I just ate it up. And uh, that just kind of started that journey. I uh, started playing for my church maybe like a month after that. <laughs> At like nine, ten years old, playing for my church, and uh, just have done that uh, pretty much all my life. Just played for my church, and uh, uh, recently, as I got into my adult years, I started a business uh, teaching. Um, uh, at twenty, I started a, business, a teaching business called Yeshua School of Music, where I actually taught uh, piano lessons, guitar lessons. Uh, drums, bass, all of those things like that. I uh, did that for about 15 years. I just recently gave that business up because um, getting into doing this full-time gospel multi-tracks has kind of grown to the place where I could do it full-time now. Uh, so, uh, But before that, teaching, and then back in 2009, 10, I got into production work, studio work, and started producing local artists, doing studio demos for people, production work, mixing, mastering, the whole kind of thing. And it just kind of... You went to school for production, right? Yeah, I do. I run an online production school now where I actually teach people how to um, um, record, you know, and mix and master and do all those things. It's called creatingstems.com. That's one of them. And I'm actually working on another site. Uh, called gospelproducers.com that's going to be hopefully launching out sometime uh, in 2018. I'm working on getting some uh, instructors and we're going to be actually talking to some real gospel producers that actually produce in the industry and getting them to uh, teach classes on how they do this or how they do that. And some really exciting things that we're building up to. Education is a big part of what I do, you know? Right. Yeah. You're a good teacher. As far as multitracks goes and stems, like where, what was your first introduction to using stems in church? Back in uh, the 90s, I had to say late 90s, I uh, had a friend that had a recorder. Uh, it was made by Roland. It was called the VS-880. I don't know if you remember that. It was a digital, it's one of the first kind of digital multi-track board recording boards that they kind of came up with. You no, know, there was uh that was uh consumer friendly, you know, for right. uh consumers to kind of buy. You could buy this thing, you could plug up your mics to it, you could have a home studio, and this could be your seat centerpiece. You can mix from it, master, and create your entire product. Had a CD burner on it, you know, you right. Could, so it's like Pro Tools all in one hard like one device. Yeah, those little boxes. And uh, he had this this box. And I remember coming to one of his church services. This is like, let's say, this is probably 98, 99, somewhere around. I'm still in high school at this time. Somewhere between 96 and 99. We were, uh, I came to one of his church services. And it was just him and his brother. His brother was playing drums. And he was playing just keys, you know. And I remember him... I just remember the song starting, heard a drum loop, and then all this other stuff comes in, bass, guitar, 
lead. And it's just like, it sounds like they're a full band up there. I'm like, wait a minute, it's just those two guys playing. You know, I'm in high school trying to figure this whole thing out. So I went and asked him. And he's like, oh, man, yeah, I got this little VSA 80. I record my tracks. I put them on here. And we just kind of follow uh, the whole plan, you know, going through uh, playing uh, with this or what have you, playing with the the actual recorder. That was my first in introduction to seeing it in um the the track the the church world you know seeing right. people and then when did you actually first use it uh it wasn't until man probably 2010 11 12 that i actually got because when i found ableton you know yeah. it was something but the thing the thing that I never, yeah i love that like i feel like that's the story of everybody because then i found ableton right <laughs> there's like two parts of life it's before finding ableton and then after finding ableton <laughs> Okay, so then you found Ableton, and what happened? That's funny uh, because the, the the thing about that was that I had um, I had you know always been intrigued by the whole thing of using tracks, uh, but using a recorder. I even had a couple of recorders over the years of myself that I, I would play around with, but could never really implement it into our church service because it was programmed. You know, you couldn't loop, you couldn't go back if you needed to, you couldn't repeat a section. You know, you could. It was just. It was just, it might as well been playing to a CD, you know, or, you know, MP3 player or whatever. Uh, when I found Ableton, <laughs> when I found it, um, I was able to uh, now program these tracks and be fluid with it and be able to flow and be. So I started kind of implementing those things. Uh, and that was part of what kind of led me into gospel, doing gospel multi tracks because I was playing at a church and uh, had, um, it was just me and a drummer, kind of like situation with my, my previous friend. And um, the drummer went off to college. And so just me then. And so I found myself programming, using Ableton, programming gr drum tracks, programming click tracks and things of that nature and playing along with them. But then I quickly figured out that this is very cumbersome and very um, um, time consuming. And you know my story about my kids. You know, I got six kids and trying to, you know, manage life a wife, church, business, and then create tracks for Sunday service. Was just and I just remember saying like, man, there has to be like a website you can go to where you just download gospel tracks. Yeah. And it's right. like, there's nobody that's doing it, you know? Yeah. There was yeah. nobody. Not the stuff that we were singing, you know? It wasn't anybody doing that stuff. And so I said, I got to figure this out. Like, there's got to right. be... Right, not for gospel tracks. There were, there were websites doing tracks like oh there's loop community yeah they don't have any gospel right. but nothing you know what you know there's old school what we call old school gospel stuff that just works that we just sing there are cornerstone songs in gospel that are from the 80s and from the 70s and from the the 90s and from the early 2000s that you just won't be able to get the original stems or anything like that too that are just cornerstones and we sing them Still to this day and still now at any given service, you're going to hear a song from 19 that was written in 1992, you know? Yeah. What's one of those songs? Uh, I'll give you an example. Like a, the, we call it the offering song. It'd be, you know, it'd be a song that would could be used in like offering time uh, called Blessed in the City. It's by Fred Hammond. You know, it was written in like, I think it was like 92, 93. Right. But it's like it's a cornerstone song, just a staple song. Yeah, musicians are looking at just it's offering time. Pastor's Day, okay, we're gonna take up the offering. Look over at the um the the musicians looks over at the 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 bass player and the bass player looks at the keys like what we're we gonna do. And he just oh it's too blessed, okay, and we start playing it. You know, 
And right. it's just it, those are one, and it's 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 tons of others. That's just one example that kind of comes to mind. But there are tons of other songs that just are our cornerstone songs in gospel that you will just hear on any given Sunday. Um, and that, that just kind of represent the cornerstone of what gospel music is, you know? Right. And that's something that I didn't even know, you know, like when I started loop community and we're doing, you know, all the CCM music, I mean, you've taught me that there's like a whole other, like genre, like group of songs that, you know, like you guys are doing like shout bumps. You taught me what right. those are. <laughs> and, <laughs> I remember when you were like, yeah, can we sell some shout bumps? I'm like, I have no idea what that is, but cool. Let's do it. It's a court. It's, uh, it's a part of the service, you know, talk music, yeah. things of those nature that right. you just, you just don't think about that uh, represent parts of our, it's just a, it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole other world. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and it's a whole other language. And I think we learned that on the front end, you know, when we was talking and stuff, there's a whole other language that gospel right. uh, musicians, uh, and stuff right. speak. Uh, I think the funniest thing comes to my mind. I think I remember um, uh, we were talking about the word doc. Or you don't know if you remember yeah. that. And he was like, uh, I was like, yeah. Doc? yeah. And it was like, it was like, what, what, is he is he actually a doctor? Like, no, no, he's not a doctor. It's just right. that <laughs> it's just a right. term of endearment. Uh, you know, it's just you do come up to a musician. If we're gospel musicians or in the gospel world, it's just kind of a customary thing when you greet each other and say, "What's up, doc." You know, right, right. You know, yeah. I remember too. I remember too uh, when you you guys call them click tracks, right? What, what what you call click tracks, we call like loop tracks, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you, but wait, what do you what we call click tracks? What do you call the click track for uh, to what you guys would call a click track is actually the metronome. Metronome. All right, yeah. That thing that does that. But for you, the click track is what? It's the drum loop, but it's synonymous for us. You know, most yeah. people say, "Hey, man, I need a click track for how great is our God." And you would be thinking like, what? What do you want me to set it at? What, 120 BPM and just send you the click? You know, and I'm like, no, send me the click track. Right. We send you a metronome. You're like, man, these drums sound horrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's the thing. But it, they serve the same purpose in that they um, they serve the same purpose in the sense they they keep the band on time. That's the whole purpose of the click track, whether it's the metronome or it's the drum loop. But it's more in gospel, it's more common and more customary to use. Uh, the drum loop yeah. as the click track for the band to keep them locked in yeah, during the song. Right. Hey, keyboard players and music producers. Have you ever tried to find a specific piano, pad, or synth sound for a song? Well, we've made it easier than ever to find the exact sounds for the songs you love. Loop Community offers patches and presets for a variety of music software. To get started, search for a song at loopcommunity.com. On the song page, click the patch button to see recommended patches for that song. You can also search by software or sound type. We have patches for strings, pads, bass, leads, arpeggiators, organ, and more. Visit loopcommunity.com and discover your sound today. So, um, you know, for me, I've been running tracks in church since 2001, and I would say, though, that only over the course of the past maybe four or five years, it started to become a really big thing, almost just like a a standard, like people now have on their church resume or on their uh, resumes. You know, I, I use Ableton Live. I always think it's funny when I see someone's resume and it says, yeah, I use Planning Center. I just think that's so hilarious. But but like, it's kind of become more of a staple thing now for worship guys or churches to say, it's you know, it's a requirement to know how to use Ableton Live and run tracks. I'm curious from your perspective, 
in gospel churches, what, what, what are you seeing there? Are you seeing it like a huge wave of gospel churches wanting to use tracks or is it still, is it just slowly catching on still? Uh, I think it's, I think it's the last three, the last really five, six years have become, it's become more synonymous in gospel, you know, in the gospel world with churches. Uh, I'm, I, I was at church this past weekend, um, for a conference that I, we were set up for to, to, um, uh, to kind of promote gospel multitracks and, uh, they were using Ableton, you know, it's a primarily African-American, uh, primarily African-American church. Uh, and, um, they, uh, they were, they had it running their lights, their smoke, their lyrics. It was connected with, uh, they had smoke and, and all of that. They had the, um, uh, the pro presenter, you know, it was all connected right. with the lyrics and, and everything. So it, in the more progressive, um, uh, African-American or gospel-based church. We just want to, don't want to, uh, you know, put it just on African-American. But the the gospel-based churches that sing a lot of gospel, gospel music, uh, it and the progressive churches, it's really starting to become like a standard. I'm starting to see it, like you said, on resumes, on when churches are putting out, um, looking for a musical director or uh, I think in your world, probably a worship pastor in that sense, when they're looking for someone to oversee their music ministry, one of the questions is, um, do you know how to use Ableton, you know, or must be able to, you know, use a DAW, a DAW or something or run tracks or must be familiar with these things. Right. So, uh, but you're, you still have the, the rural suburban kind of country churches that haven't caught on to it. And may never catch on to it, you know, um, right. because they're just that's just what they are. They're just kind of the the country. That's the, for lack of a better word, if I don't offend anybody by yeah. saying country church. I grew up in a country church, so I can I can, I, I, you know, I'm not offended by that. But, uh, yeah, this just that some of them just won't catch on by way of just because of the way that they are traditionally traditionally or denomination wise, so to speak, that they don't believe in certain things like that. But um, for the most part, what, your progressive churches. Are so, yeah. What, what would you say are the major hurdles a church might face in getting started with gospel tracks? Like what kind of pushback or technical hurdles might they face? If there's someone maybe listening to this and they're like, yeah, you know, I'm at a gospel church. We want to start using these tracks. What do you think is like the biggest, you know, uh, thing that, yeah, barrier? Communication. Uh, from what I found every, from talking to, you know, we run a group, uh, gospelmultitracks.com is the group. It's a Facebook group. Uh, we've almost got 10,000 people that have, um, that have kind of joined up with that group, which I think is just insane in the amount of time that we've had that group and how fast it grows and how we get daily posts. And uh, we have a lot of discussions in there. And primarily, uh, the my bottom line problem is communication. Um, most in, in gospel based churches, what you'll find uh, is that most uh, of them are they, they, they're not uh, programmed. We don't do a lot of program services unless you're in the larger, more progressive churches that have 1,500, 2,000 members and they got three or four services and they got a time schedule. But the average everyday Sunday church, 11 o'clock service, um, they're more um, flow oriented. They like to just kind of praise and worship may last an hour and 20 minutes. Right. So they want to be spontaneous with the tracks, not locked in. 
Yeah, it's just spontaneous. And so the biggest hurdle that a lot of gospel musicians face is that, hey, and I get this all the time in inboxes, emails, comments, YouTube, all of that everywhere. Hey, John Mike, uh, I'm trying. I really I love this product. I really want to use it. I really want to get into using gospel tracks. But um, we don't. Um, we, we don't, we don't have a program service. We, we, we just kind of flow. We just kind of go with the flow. We don't sing the song the same way every time. We don't, um, we don't, uh, play it just like the album. We add different parts. We, you know, add our own flavor to it. You know, we sing the song. We sing this one song, even though on the radio it's four minutes long, we sing it for 40 minutes because that's just our church really loves this song and we'll sing it for an hour. Um, believe it or not, that happens. They'll sing a whole one song for an entire hour. Um, so um, that's the biggest hurdle is um, learning. And that's what I found, found myself trying to push people to Ableton, you know, because that gives you the ability. And even our product, Prime, even Prime, you know, it gives you the ability to kind of go and flow where you need to go, create your own custom arrangements, uh, and all of those different things like that. But um, even beyond that, it's still a communication thing because a lot of people don't understand it still, you know, in, that are, aren't in the musician world. Musicians will grab it and they'll be like, oh, man, this is great. This is amazing. We need to start using this. And then they, their, their job is trying to communicate with their pastor, with their deacon, with their Praise and worship leader, the choir director, say, hey, I want to use these tracks. We need to communicate. If you want to go back to the top of the song, let me know. If you want to go to the end, if you want to skip the verse. So communication is one big factor. Technically, um, you know, just getting the, the proper equipment, the proper software, things of that nature to yeah. be able to uh, route things and, you know, and all of that. You know, a lot of churches, a lot of gospel-based churches are lower budget. You know, they don't have $50,000 sound systems, you know, right. in-ear monitors and AVMs and, you know, all of those things like that. It's just a lot of times it's a $500 rack mount PA that doesn't even have sliders. It's got the little knobs on it and you're just turning that up and you got and nobody, and you don't have a front of house engineer. You have the, you have Deacon Jones that's running the sound system. All he really knows how to do is turn it on, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> So for a church that doesn't have a budget for this kind of thing, you know, maybe they don't have in your monitors. What would you say is like, hey, here's like a cheap, quick way for you to get going so you can just try it out? I always suggest Prime. I, I always suggest Prime as the, and I know that's cliche because it's our company, but uh, I always suggest Prime, you know, because you got your phone, get your iPhone there, uh, your iPad, and you got a, all you need is that and an aux cable. You know, auxiliary cable yep. that we use in the car to plug up and listen to our music. Uh, and you uh, plug it into, you know, your amplifier because most have an amplifier or you plug it into a direct box that goes into your church sound system. Uh, and then you work on the you work on the blend. You work on the mixing part of it and making sure that it flows with what you do. Get some headphones right things like that so you you can hear that your drummer can hear uh there are a lot of very cheap uh inexpensive um headphone mixers i have one that's like ten dollars i got it's a behringer four channel headphone amp i can't think of the name of it right now but if you just kind of google that behringer four channel headphone amp i'm pretty sure you'll get it it's probably about 10 bucks it has four channels on it you can plug 
your you know your input into that and then plug your headphones into it your drummer can have a pair you can have a pair those are some different little things that i always suggest to people uh to help them i was with a pastor uh, another pastor that i met while i was in atlanta over the weekend i just met up with him because he supported the business and he bought a lot of our tracks uh and um I just wanted to meet him just to kind of see, hey, you know, how are you running Prime? How are you? Because he used Prime. How are you using it? And he says, man, all I do, I have my iPad. I set it up here on my, because he doesn't have any musicians at his church. He just uses Prime all as his band because he can't afford to um, to pay a band, a full band right now. So he uses that to kind of supplement so he can, you know, get the, the funds to do that. But he just says, man, I just set my iPad up here on my pulpit and I have an auxiliary cord that's going to a direct box. I plug it up and I press play and we just kind of go for it. That, that, that's kind of on the low budget end. If you're just, I mean, you can get caught, you can get started. I tell everybody, you can get started for the cost of what's already in your pocket right now. Oh man, John, that was too easy, man. People are going to think I paid you to say that. I know. <laughs> but hey, that's why we made Prime. It is, it is an easy way to get going. So John, if people wanted to get involved with gospel multi-tracks and maybe even they're making their own tracks and they want to upload or... Or they just want to like get a part of the community, like the gospel community. What 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 do they do? Well, I always tell to tell people to send me a, a email, send me samples of your work. If you're a producer, uh, a musician, it doesn't even have. We're not out, not necessarily just looking for full producers. Sometimes I just need a drum player. Sometimes I just need a guitar player. Sometimes I just need this, that, and the other. Because what we try to do is re-record popular gospel songs just like the record just like the album so i'm always in need of producers always in need of musicians so i always say hey just shoot me an email send me some samples of your work whether it's you playing whether it's something you produced um preferably i like if you're in the producing end i want you to be able to produce everything drums guitar bass i want to hear the arrangement just like i heard it on the radio uh, and uh, if you're a musician, just send me some sample. Hey, I played on this. Hey, this is something. This is me playing here. This is me playing there. Because you never know. I got somebody that may need, you know, we've got about 20, somewhere at almost 30 producers that work with us with gospel multi-tracks. So um, everybody's always needing somebody that can play guitar, somebody that can play drums. So it's easy to get involved. Just reach out, connect. Yep. Yeah, find find them on uh, Facebook under Gospel Multitracks. They have a group, they have a page, you know, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud. Um, but guys, if you have not seen John Mike do a tutorial of how to use software like Logic, Pro Tools, Ableton, you know, running keyboards, stuff like that, you are missing out. So make sure you check out Gospel Multitracks on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, everywhere, basically. And uh, John, thanks so much for being a part of this podcast. Yes, sir. This, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. It's always my It's pleasure. exciting to see just how big this gospel community is growing and uh, all the resources you're providing. So thanks, man. Yes, sir. Great interview, guys. It's really nice to hear from our very own John Mike and just what he does for our company as well as his ministry background. Like we mentioned before, John Mike was also able to interview Oscar Williams. Oscar is the Executive Director of Music and Fine Arts at the Potter's House in Fort Worth, Texas. Let's hear from them now. What's going on, guys? It's John Mike, uh, Director of Gospel Multitracks, and I'm here with um, uh, Oscar Williams from the Potter's House. Uh, He is the Executive uh, Director of Music and Fine Arts. Hopefully I got that right. (laughs) 
And uh, we're just uh, going to kind of chat a little bit and kind of talk about uh, what his uh, story is. You know, uh, that I mean, the Potter's House, of course, is an, an absolute is probably I would say arguably one of the one, at least one of the gold standards, you know, in the church realm. And so everybody's always looking at what you guys are doing uh, and pattering themselves uh, after uh, the things that you guys do and how you do music ministry, how you do uh, your, 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 all aspects of your ministry, your media ministry, your social media, uh, even down to how Bishop preaches. So I'm sure it's an amazing machine and in, in, in how it works and all these different parts that come together. Um, so uh, Oscar, if you can kind of tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, that would kind of help us kind of get things kicked off here. Sure, man. Well, first, I'm, I'm grateful to be on the call with you, brother. Um, I appreciate all that you all do. Absolutely. For music and for um, the uh, gospel community as well as the church community. Yeah. Uh, so, again, I am, you know, Oscar Williams. I am the, uh, the executive director of music and fine arts at the Potter's House. And what that entails is I oversee our um, complete music and fine arts staff budget and operations. Wow. Um, for our main campus and uh, our Fort Worth campus. You know, and I'm grateful to have a great staff of team members um, who love God, who love what they're called to do, and who work toward really building and defining the body of Christ. Totally. And that's pretty much our design and, and our goal. Um, we enjoy making music. We don't necessarily do it to be a trendsetter or right. do it because people looking or do it for any of those reasons we do it because there is a natural and organic love for god and the calling that he has on our life awesome and so we come together we just try to bring all those gifts energize them so that god gets the glory and the church is edified man that's awesome yeah i mean absolutely so um a little bit about your your past i mean like what is how how do you uh, you know, get to where you are. What was the, the, I call them the series of fortunate events. You know, some people say a series of unfortunate events, but a series of fortunate events that kind of led you to where you are now. I mean, how do we get to Oscar Williams being the, the executive director of music <laughs> and fine arts at such a prominent ministry here in, in, in just in pretty much the world? Yeah, well, you know, you know, great question. It's really a God design. I hail from St. Louis, Missouri. Wow. Uh, love my original city, you know, born and raised. Mm -hmm. And moved to Dallas about 11 years ago. Wow. Uh, came to Dallas, not for the church, but came for another church, small, very, very small church. Uh -huh. And served at that church um, and eventually left that church and went to another church in Dallas area. Wow. Um, and, and while I was serving under the church, I met a guy named Jamar Jones, uh -huh. who's a, a good friend of mine, like my brother, my yeah. big brother. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He, um, he had just uh, relocated from Philadelphia to Dallas to uh, house for a position. And uh, we befriended each other. Uh, and just develop a great relationship. And so he initially offered me a job there, but I was getting wow. ready to move away. I moved away from Dallas to Atlanta to take another job. And okay. when that situation didn't work out, I reached out to him and asked him if there was a place 
And, uh, and it was, and it was my first job at the church was directing our chorale, our kind of concert. Um, and so I came back to Dallas and was, you know, and some of it was frustrating because I'm saying, God, you know, I got all these gifts and all whatever. And I just remember the telling me just to serve faithfully. It's not about who you are or what it is that you think you can do or your gifts. Right. It's about the need of the body. And one of the things I learned in that season was to humble myself and to humble my gifts. Yeah. Um, that, that serving in God's kingdom is not about all that I think I can do. It's about filling the need. Sometimes I think we get it wrong where we feel like because God gives us these big gifts that every assignment needs to match the bigness of what we feel our gift is. And that's not the case. You know, God is not calling for um, the bigness of your gift. God is calling of the bigness of your humility and the bigness of your heart. Wow. That if, if you sing like a Yolanda Adams, but God needs you to sing on the corner so people can hear his message then your gift should not get in the way of your assignment. Exactly. Yeah. Man, that is quite a journey. I I, I mean, I've heard. And of course, I, you know, me and Jamar are, are very good friends. I remember when he made that transition um, from Philadelphia. I mean, literally, essentially, kind of like how you were saying, you know, you're leaving, you know, moving every away from everything that's familiar and just kind of going after what God has called you or where God is calling you. Uh, and it ends up ends up turning into, you know, something uh, greater than what you even initially envisioned. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's just amazing to see those 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 transitions. And like you said, to, that your promotion and your promotions and everything came not because of your qualifications or not because of your um, uh, your desires to you know, six, you know, succeed or moving somebody out the way it became because of your, it all came about because of your willingness to serve in the position, in the capacity where God planted you. And then he just kind of upgraded you from there, you know, based on your heart, based on your service. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think that's amazing. I think that's just absolutely amazing. Yeah, man. God is good. Yeah. So the the Potter's House, of course, is a very big machine, as I say, uh, when it comes to ministry and how you do things. A lot of campuses, uh, I'm sure a ton of moving parts. Uh, So what is a typical, I'd say, week? And I don't even know if you guys have a typical week, (laughs) but maybe a typical kind of inside, because I've been been behind the scenes at a lot of, you know, larger ministries and kind of seeing how they operate. But what would you say is like a typical kind of way that you guys kind of flow things out or anything that you can, you know, because I'm pretty sure people listening and our, our people that connect with us would be interested to know what is it like behind the scenes at the Potter's house? Got you. Well, you know, that's a great um, uh, question also. And I will do a, a, a plug, not even a shame. Plug yourself. So we're taking, yeah, we're taking that experience to, to something that we're doing called prelude and prelude is, part of our international pastors and leadership conference okay. next year April 17th through the 21st where we are really you know basically that same question is what we're unfolding okay. we want to we want to be able to show people you know what a week or what a weekend or what how what our process is yeah and indeed there really is no typical week it varies right um 
you know, from working toward a, a conference to uh, doing some recordings to working on some stuff for film to wow. preparing service to uh, you know to dance to doing a production to mm-hmm. uh, doing a weekend event like it it, it varies and the great thing um, the great thing I love about my, my church and my, my team mm-hmm. is that we are so diverse um, no one person does just one thing absolutely yeah. you know have, you know you know everybody's just kind of bought in to the vision of where we're going mm-hmm. and come staff means you just kind of bring your whole self. You don't just, just because you might play the keyboard doesn't mean that yeah. would be the only thing that you do. Um, you might have to produce a service or you might wow. have to run or you might have to, you know, help move with keyboard sometimes. <laughs> like you know, it's all of that. Um, so that's kind of what we want to, you know, and, and I, I'll answer the question a little more in depth. You know, a typical week always consists of, there are some mainstays in, in a week where we will always meet, um, our directors will always meet each mm-hmm. week to discuss um, what's happening, what's coming up, yeah. uh, what happened over the weekend, you know, service design, flow design, forecasting at least, you know, we forecast at least six weeks uh, to three months ahead just to make sure that we have a good picture. We want to make sure we best serve our volunteers. Yeah. Um, And then we have a creative meeting. We'll do a creative meeting each week. And then that creative meeting will, you know, dive more into the design of a production or service flow or whatever. We will each week have a production meeting and that's with, um, extended part of our creative staff that's our sound guys that's the, the tv guys our lighting guys all of that we'll come together each week to talk about you know the previous service and again forecasting at least a month in advance of what is to come mm-hmm. uh, we will always do a full service meeting with all the stakeholders of that service um so that everybody will know what is happening what is going on. Of course, we will always have rehearsals each week. Yeah. Um, and given week, you can have from three to 10 rehearsals going on. That's wow. exclusive. We have several different dance ministries that will rehearse our drama ministry, um, our actors, our writers guild, uh, band rehearsals, our choir rehearsals, our praise team rehearsals, mm-hmm. you know, that always happen each week. Um, and and that's just those are the mainstays in a typical week. All that will always go on each week, um, wow. and it's changes depending on what we're preparing for or what is happening. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. And that that pastor and leaders conference that that is amazing. I've been to that conference a few times. We've been there uh, as uh, our personal church. Uh, we've we've came out and set in on the leadership classes and been a part of that. Uh, and then I've also been there as a vendor uh, with uh, with our company. So a couple more questions and we'll we'll kind of, you know, let you get back to what you're doing. But um, um, I would ask what is in the future uh, for uh, for you personally or, you know, uh, even as ministry Anything, you know, that you want to kind of add that this is where I, where, you know, what I'm working on, this is what I'm doing, this is what's, you know, what's coming up for me, anything you want to kind of elaborate on or as, you know, this is 
you know, what I'm doing. Yeah. So for me personally, man, just, just a lot of, a lot of my time is involved in church, but I am, you know, looking at 2018 to really try to, um, get back to my writing and, Mm -hmm. and just release music. You know, I haven't done it in a long time. I tried to really turn my focus toward the church in it. And so I, I'm going to see if I can do both. Um, but with that, we did, uh, record two albums that are coming out in 2018. Nice. One, all heal our land with our choir, Potter's House Choir. Nice. Uh, we took back to the music scene after a long hiatus, okay. and then we did a work CD recording, okay. um, which is uh, slated for release in April 2018. Nice. And we did we did a joint recording with Planet Shakers, and we're very very excited about oh, that. Oh, that really sounds like excited. it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, really excited about the music that's there, that's coming out. So, man, um, that's what we're gearing up for. That's what we are preparing for and just excited about those things. Oh, uh, absolutely. uh, That sounds like it's going to be awesome. So um, this is how I kind of ended. This is something that I've um, I've, uh, been told or I heard from a wise man. What are three pieces of advice you would give uh, to those that would listen to you? Uh Three three pieces of advice I would give. Uh, I think the first piece of advice would be never stop learning. Um, Never, no matter how old, no matter how much you you have gained experimentally or uh, from books or schooling, never position yourself that you cannot learn. Um, That is probably one of the things that I think will always propel people farther. The other thing is what I have learned is that you can never plan for everything, but you can position yourself to be prepared for anything. I love it. Um, Some stuff in life will come that you did not plan for. That's just life. Right. You know, Um, and I think the last probably would center around more so to those that that um, are, are believers or Christians that in this and this may this may sound super spiritual but it, but it really is the, the where I am now that there are some things that God has just pronounced over me that are non-debatable no matter what it looks no matter what it feels like trust the voice of God over your life trust what he said make sure he said it mm-hmm. and if he is there trust his voice and lead you to whatever place of victory that he's promised you. Man, that that is great advice. I mean, that yeah, that's a word. That's a that's a that's a revelation. That's wisdom. That's knowledge. All wrapped up in the one nice neat package, just in time for Christmas. <laughs> so, man, it has been great, man, talking with you on this on this venture, man, and just kind of getting to know you and getting to know the person. Because, like I said on the, I think on the front end, that there's always a glory behind a story behind the glory. You know, you see people, and you know, uh, and you just say, "Wow, that's that's Oscar Williams. He's doing the thing at Potter's House, and that's amazing." And you, you know, and, and you don't know how he got there or what he struggled to to get there. Uh, so it's just amazing to to hear people's yeah. side of the story so to speak well man it's been great talking to you and uh we we thank you for sitting down man and uh uh we hope to, to be able to fellowship with you and see you on on some future things yes definitely definitely thank you brother hey community 
Our featured contributor for this episode's podcast is Marcus Murray. Marcus is from Sacramento, California, where he serves at Progressive Church. Marcus is one of the top producers for gospel multitracks with nearly 100 tracks up for sale. We're actually going to hear one of those tracks, but first, let's hear from Marcus himself. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Marcus Murray. I am a contributor with Loop Community's Gospel Division, Gospel Multitracks, and I have been a contributor for about two years now. And Loop Community has been such an awesome blessing to myself and to my ministry at my church, where I am the lone keyboardist and we have a drummer, but we do not have any other instruments. And we use multitracks every week to enhance the worship experience, and it does just that. Loop Community has truly blessed us, and I'm really just excited to be a part of the Loop Community team and part of the family. Thanks, Marcus. Now let's hear his track for How Great Is Our God by Judith McAllister. is Community Talk. Well, that was jam-packed full of just like little nuggets of wisdom and revelations of like how far things have come just in the music realm for worship and churches and, you know, for sure. it's pretty amazing. Every time we talk about stuff like this, it's just like, it blows my mind. Right. Things are so much more advanced every day I know. in this industry. Yeah, it's still, and... it, yeah, advanced every day is right. Like it's still, it's every day there's something else new. You know, when new stuff comes out, like it's integrated into churches and it's like constant learning, right? Right. John Mike is uh, just a really, really nice and interesting individual. He's hilarious. Too. He is hilarious. He, But he is so like, he has this like really likable way about him and he, he blows me away with how much he learns. For like sure. he learns and then he teaches what he learns, right? He replicates that in other people, which I love about John Mike. He has such a entrepreneurial type of spirit like he's always thinking about like the next idea right you know what i mean yeah he learns a lot uh just like when he said he was like a sponge as a kid like you can see that in him still today he just soaks it all up but then he teaches everyone yeah the sponge thing he didn't he say something about like he when he was um young like he went to the piano teacher finally and the piano's like okay like teach you these three songs learn the piano yeah and he was like it's not like you know mayor had a little lamb we're talking about full gospel songs (laughs) right you know, like 30 minutes. Okay, I'm ready for the next song. Right. So I don't know if like prodigy is the right word, but maybe like he's, I've seen some of those guys that play gospel music and it, it's just what they're able to do is amazing. So he is definitely one of those guys. And he has a, he has like a really awesome family. A lot of kids. A lot of kids. And some, sometimes I wonder how he juggles it all. Right. I mean, like he is so busy all the time. So, I mean, kudos to him. Kudos to his kids and his wife. Right. for just supporting him and like i mean i know he loves his family and he loves what he does so he he talked a little bit about remember he was talking about the roland and ableton and some of that stuff right he talks about his before and after ableton um where he's learning about tracks and just starting to use them and i like that he talked about how 
he really saw a void in the gospel industry. Um, and I think that's motivating to look for those opportunities. And now it's his full-time job. Like what, is, he, what is like before and after Ableton? <laughs> so he talks about how he was starting to use tracks and like learning how to run them. And then he found Ableton and now he... It was like a revelation. Right. It's like a revelation. He advanced and learned how to use them in the best way. And it kind of is like if you're before Ableton, if you're in a before Ableton <laughs> church or you're in a before <laughs> Ableton live performance arena, it kind of like, not to bash on anybody, but it's kind of like Stone Age a little bit. Like it's really hard to do what people are doing now in a live performance setting if you're not using technology that kind of mimics Ableton or even something like Prime, right? where you're able to use tracks, everybody has ears. Like it just makes things a lot easier. For sure. And the sound is better. It flows better. Everybody's just more congruent and consistent. Right. A lot of people couldn't even imagine doing it without now. Right. Totally. Yeah. I I can't, I can't even remember what it was like to not have it, to not have that (laughs) click in my ear every single weekend. But you know, it's, it's, you kind of, get to the point where you take it for granted and you forget those things. So yeah. if you are if you are there, just remember, like, that that's a great thing to have in ministry. So if you're an after Ableton person, <laughs> maybe you can be the people that are, like, helping the before Ableton people, like, get to be after Ableton people. <laughs> right. Bring them along. That's right. Yeah. Show them Prime. It's an easy place to start. Uh, um, yeah, he talks about just, like, how that took off. And it took off the gospel division and he partnered with loop community and right was able to expand that and now we have tons of gospel contributors and oh, tracks and he's been a huge huge like help to just what loop community is mm-hmm. like the brand at loop community he's really kind of like picked up the banner mm-hmm. and just like run with it as hard as he can to get uh you know a lot of music producers and churches and musicians just aware yeah Right. Like he's brought them from where they are to like just the knowledge of knowing what resources we have and how to even use them. Like I, I, it's hard pressed for me to go on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram and like not see a John Mike something. (laughs) Right. He's always live. (laughs) Yeah. He is always live. I think he has two of himself. One's just live. (laughs) That's, (laughs) there has to be like seven of him. Right. Just running around somewhere doing all kinds of One for each kid and then one to be live. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. (laughs) He talks a little bit about how he got into like, music production yeah right because he he's a great musician he's a great teacher um and he had his own business for a little while but he transitioned that not so long ago into like in building the gospel multi-tracks brand working uh, with loop community working for loop community now and and interesting how he transitioned into that right like it's not an easy thing to to go out and try to find people to help like make tracks and you know do this thing He's so good at making connections and knowing people. Um, the other day I was talking to him just about like, I saw a huge jump in one week in their social media. And I was like, how did, in the gospel multi-tracks, I was like, how'd you do that? He's like, oh, I partnered with this guy. He's a drummer. He's great. He has 60,000 Instagram followers and he's been promoting us all week. And I was like, how'd you meet him? He's like, oh, I just know him. And he just knows. Yeah, he, that's his go-to accent. I mean, his, uh, his answer is like, I just know this guy. Yeah, it's, it's like, crazy. For John Mike to be able to resource these people and connect them, bring them in, and like we can all pick up the rope together and like pull, it's just like pretty awesome. Yeah, for and, uh, sure. They all have great hearts and just uh, really thankful for who he is and what he's done. Totally. Yeah, one of the guys he knows is Oscar, who he talked about in that second interview, talked with, um, and that was cool just to hear 
about the Potter's House and all that they do um, for the church and just for gospel. That's a, that's a long, I mean, people that are listening to this podcast right now will know the Potter's House. Like yeah. that's a huge church. Huge church. And it has a long history. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has a very rich history with just uh, the Lord working there, uh, especially in their music mm-hmm. arena. Like that, people know it a lot of, because of the music, right? Uh, and the preaching, obviously. But right. Uh, yeah, so Oscar's a great guy. So he talked a lot about um, how it worked and how it's kind of down to a science, but then things are different every week. So it's like a machine, but it's always changing. Right. Um, which I think is important once you get that big totally. to have a system in place of how it should work, but be able to be flexible and grow and expand. Like if you have a church of that many people, you know there are some musicians as a part of the body that want to help and want to serve. Right. So like how does Oscar talk about like how he assimilates these people? Yeah. He says a lot of what he looked for was just like people that love God first, which is huge, I think, especially of course for church and just at a church that big, like you want musicians, like you said, to, who want to serve and who want to serve the Lord and have a servant's heart and not just begrudgingly going into every day. Um, which can start at the top for the church a lot of times and start with you as the worship leader and for him as the director of it all um, to just empower people and to get them together. Totally. And yeah, it can lead into a machine that comes down to this is how we do it and they meet every week and um, have a lot of communication. And then he talks about at the end, just the simple things he threw out at the end, like just trusting Jesus for all of it and never stop learning. Like those are simple things that we hear a lot, but I think John Mike takes that to heart, like the never stop learning. He's always trying to do the next thing and he's always just teaching everyone. And so, yeah, definitely check out all of the stuff that John Mike's doing with the Gospel Multitracks Division and just with what Potter's House is doing. They are partnering with Planet Shakers, he said, for an album this coming year, which is going to be sweet. Wow. Um, yeah. Guys. So that'll be, yes. They're partnering with Planet Shakers. For an album that's this a, coming year. That's a big deal. Yeah. Like so, that, I can't wait to hear that. That's going to be awesome. That'll be awesome. And a choir album as well. So lots wow. of great stuff coming out of bo- from both the Potter's House and Gospel Multitracks. Um, yeah. And if you're interested in being a contributor for Gospel Multitracks at all, um, just reach out to John Mike at loopcommunity.com. And he'd love to partner with you, I'm sure. Totally. Thanks, John Mike. Thank you, Oscar. And yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Loop Community Podcast. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays.